0: Welcome to light warrior radio i'm your host dr karen can the number one best-selling author of guide to healing chronic pain a holistic approach evolutionary healer navigating the clickety clack how to stay peace-filled in a seemingly toxic world and as of last week uh sensitivity is your superpower uh and that's a book helping sensitive souls honor and hone and harness their gift their sensitivity gift as a superpower and uh you get to learn you know, how to connect to zero point, learn divine muscle testing, transformational telepathy, perception, kung fu, weather magic, and so much more. And if you're interested to get some help and support um, being your sensitive soul and your sensitive soul journey, you can get on my mailing list, get the free Phoebe at sensitivesoulguide.com. And uh, that is the uh, Sensitive soul Empowerment Guide, um, Three Ways of Navigating Your Way to More Peace, Positivity, and Personal Power, so you can live the life of your dreams and fulfill your mission. And my goal here in the show is to help you manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. And thank you so much for being here. And um, if you love what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast. My special guest today, Von Gold, uh, actually helped me um, get the Sensitivity Is Your Superpower book to number one international bestselling. And we're going to have a really great conversation today because some of the things that she deals with and has written an amazing book called Buddhist Mandalas Explore Parallel Realities with Sacred Geometry is right up the alley of most of my tribe who are very, very interested in uh, alternate realities, parallel universes, extraterrestrials, uh, spirits, all this kind of stuff, and definitely sacred geometry. So, um, you know, a lot of folks, especially the sensitives, are having their sixth senses activate or even amplify, and um, are you know wondering whether this is part of their spiritual awakening journey, uh, what to do with all these new so-called gifts that sometimes can cause some problems if they don't really know what you know what's happening, um, and how that all works into the whole you know how are we going to the fifth dimension, um, how are we evolving? And, and some of the, you know, some of the other things like, um, our abilities to feel things that other people, uh, can't, or the average person can't feel or hear things. Maybe people are hearing voices and think they're going crazy, you know, uh, things like that. And so, uh um, Vaughn is going to share with us her per- and share with us a little bit more about this beautiful book that she has written as well. Um, just a little bit about her. She uh, has a degree from the University of Washington, her master's degree from Westwood College of Technology. And um, aside from writing books that she's very passionate about, she works in IT and lives in Seattle with her husband and two young kids. And you can find out more about her and her book at MerkabaChakras.com. She also has an amazing podcast and YouTube channel. So uh, let me just spell that for everyone, Merkabachakras.com, is M-E-R-K-A-B-A-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com. Welcome, Vaughn, to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, I'm so delighted. Yeah, I'm delighted you're here too, and uh, thank you so much for supporting my book. (laughs) I'm pleased to be able to support yours. Oh yes, I I
1: love um, promoting different energy healing modalities, and that's actually one of the gifts in Buddhism that uh, is part of your awakening and ascension journey is energy healing. Mm,
0: yeah, that's super interesting. Now, before we get into the kind of the meat potatoes of your book, um, I'm just going to let people know that if they want to ask you a question about their own awakening and they're live on the show, the number to call in is eight one eight. 514-1190 and then hit one so we know your hands up again 818-514-1190 or you could type in a comment or question in the chat um, and that's two ways you can communicate with Vaughn and myself today and Vaughn, maybe you can share with us um, kind of like what's your journey like you know because most kids don't grow up thinking about parallel realities or sacred geometry or Buddhism so share a little bit about how you <clears throat> got to where you are right now. Yeah, Um,
1: so you're right. Most kids don't envision this is what they're they're going to be doing—is talking about metaphysics and parallel realities and Mm -hmm. um, consciousness and all that. But basically, I um, I'm Laotian, um, Mm. and I was born and raised in the Buddhist tradition, so it's just a, a natural part of my upbringing and my family took us to a lot of different monasteries that they would participate in and help fund the construction of and different things as as well. And oftentimes, like many children in um, these different Buddhist temples, I didn't really want to sit and listen to the basic Dharma talks about how (laughs) to, um, how not to be, kind of not to be a mean person in this life so that you don't create Um, imbalance in your life and spend the rest of your life trying to undo the imbalance that you create and maybe possibly the next lifetimes that you do have trying to undo the imbalance in your chakras that you had created previously. So I kind of got that basic lesson. Um, And so very, very early on uh, what I started doing was kind of branching off like curious kids and reading and studying the art history in the murals in the library, in the books mm. um, and um, and obviously, if you have a little girl kind of nosing her nose into these books and wondering about this and that, there 's always going to be a student monk who's going to be like, "Oh, this is different. Do you have any questions <laughs> and so i I, I kind of got um, my own. Um, advanced studies in basic Buddhism, and much of it was very metaphysical, um, very beyond the basics that most people understand about Buddhism, which is the basic Dharma talks. So that's kind of how I got into it, and I love, love um, all the stories about the different master teachers like Bodhidharma, Kuan Yin, Tara, lots of wonderful female Buddhas um, with wonderful six senses, um, Yeshua which in the West they would call him um, Jesus, but we call him Issa. And just so many more. And so I love all the different stories of their six senses and how they're able to um, overcome their dharma or reality. And, and just learn so much more from that. So I got my own interesting understanding of Buddhism and metaphysics and consciousness. And um, I didn't think anything of it. So as I was Growing up, going to college um, around, this was over 20 years ago, the Dalai Lama and many prominent monks and nuns in the tradition started an initiative to pair up with academia in the West Mm. and around the world to study um, the effects of mindfulness, meditation, um, the effects of compassion, and all these different things that we've been um, documenting and scribing in our different monastic institutions for over 2500 years so they just wanted to know how much of this stuff will still meet up with the current understanding of science and medicine and how much of it needs to be clarified you know um there Mm -hmm. are some fuzzy areas that need to be clarified and so i followed that work and when i followed that work for the last 20 plus years i ended up finding out that um much of it is true. <laughs> it wasn't folk. It wasn't folklore. It wasn't folklore. Um, so what ended up happening is all of that material I put into this book, which is Book One of Buddhist Mandalas, and I'm just about to finish Book Two, which is um, Buddhist Mandalas: Christ's Consciousness of a Multi-Dimensional mm. Merkaba. So we we'll get into the fifth dimensional Merkaba. Um, But, yeah, so I put all the information in here and everything I say is substantiated with science, which is really, really nice. And so for people who are right brain, they can connect to it. People who are right brain, they can connect to it. So there's lots of different ways to see the Dharma. Um, And and, uh, the funny thing is growing up, a lot of the monks would ask me, oh, you have a mandala that is of a teacher. Do you want to teach us something? And I, as a little girl, would say, absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about. But what, yeah. they, what they were <laughs> what they were delighted to find out later on, now, after I wrote this book and did the scientific research, I had my mandala or my voice um, image by science, and it has the eight-wheel roda Dharma. Oh, yeah, eight-wheel um, Wheel of Dharma. It has the lines at the end of the spokes, like actual line heads in my vocal mm-hmm. DNA. It has the 12 Nanandas, which is a 12... Intersecting layers that cause um, in Buddhism the belief of reincarnation to come mm-hmm, back into mm-hmm. the, the the game again, so it has all the basic elements of Buddhism in my vocal DNA, so the monks growing up were very delighted to find out that I finally realized that I do have the knowledge to teach about the Dharma and um, and so that, that knowledge is brought forth in Buddhist mandalas and many more Buddhist books that I will be writing as well. And that's how I got oh, into that's this.
0: Exciting. Yeah. Well, you mm-hmm. know, for people that are not um, as familiar, and I'm not very deeply familiar either with Buddhism, although my, um, I think my grandmother, uh, you know, um, had those beliefs, although I didn't see her that often and she would just be uh, in Chinese, we call by son, um, you know, in, in front of this, picture and with incense and bowing and i was like i don't know what she's doing (laughs) you know and i I grew up uh, with my parents both being uh, one was Protestant one was catholic um and so we didn't really hear too much about buddhism maybe you could define some of the terminology that we often hear about but maybe don't fully understand like dharma like wheels, like right. mandalas, like what, like karma. That's a very controversial, it seems, um, energy that people are discussing right now. I had a conversation with Source not that long ago and, and uh, it was uh, related to what was going on in the world and the ascension process. And I heard there's no such thing as karma. And I'm like, uh, yes, there is. And there's like this little mini argument between me and God, you know? <laughs> but it was like that that it's not what we think it is. Um, Right, right. And that uh, so the karma, karma doesn't have to be like what people think it is, like some sort of punishment. So maybe we can start from scratch and you can explain these terms to us.
1: Right. So let's start with karma. Um, so karma is basically imbalance, in, in unbalanced energy. That's basically mm-hmm. it, unbalanced energy. So like if you put a, a pebble in the water, it's going to create a ripple until it balances itself out. Mm -hmm. It's it's just energy trying to balance it out. That's karma. Everybody thinks that karma is always a bad thing. There's also good karma. Mm -hmm. It's like cause and effect. Mm. So what you put out, you get back. And in these higher dimensions, these higher energies coming into earth even further, what you get put out, you're going to get back tenfold. So what you put out, hopefully you want back tenfold. So if you send a lot of love out, you send a lot of compassion out, um, you send a lot of healing out, you're going to get that back in tenfold. Um, And that's good because you can always have an abundance of love. That's never going to tear tear you apart. On the flip side, if you create a lot of chaos and you self-create a lot of chaos and you put a lot of that kind of energy out, it's going to come back to you tenfold in these higher energies. And negative um, energies, it is destructive. That's just the nature of negative energy. And that's really what
0: karma is. It's just cause and effect. Mm, Okay, great. So like some people say, well, is that like, you know, law of attraction? You know, what you vibrate or resonate comes back to you and shows you, you know, or reflects back to you, you know, what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, law of attraction, manifestation techniques, all of these um, terms that are, these modern terms are just different ways to understand how energy works. Energy mm. cause and effect. <clears throat>
0: well, I know there's certain there's, people. There's that, no good or bad. Uh, there's no good or bad. It's just, it's just yes, how thank you. <laughs> energy works. Right. And some people think when we think about positive and negative, um, that there's a judgment. Um, and I think that comes from religious uh, certain religious um, ways that, that we are taught. And I was taught to feel guilty. I don't think they necessarily meant to do that. But when I grew up and, you know, very religious, it was like I felt guilty for doing anything what I considered wrong. Um, you know, look at an ant sideways, you know, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so well, let me, let me address that. Very let guilty. Me,
1: right, right. And that's very common in Western traditions. Um, in, in Buddhism, it's all about lessons. It's about learning, mm. how, and learning and growing from the lessons so that you learn not to repeat the cycles that cause you the experiences that you don't want to experience. So mm. you learn and you grow from them. And some lessons are very hard because it depends on the person. Some people need really hard lessons because they just don't learn. Some people only need the wisdom teachings, which is one of the three gifts that was given to Isa um, by the three wise men it 's Christmas time, I want to bring some Christmas stuff in there but yeah. wisdom teaching <laughs> wisdom teaching um, some people all they need is to see somebody else go through something or hear a story and learn the lesson and go that i don 't want to experience, so I will not create that for myself and that's that 's a, a highly evolved soul that can learn from the wisdom teachings, others need the hard knocks, they need to learn through muscle memory. They're all lessons mm. so that you learn how to create your dharma, which is a Buddhist word for reality, mm. the nature of reality, of how you create reality through your consciousness, through your psyche. Um, because that's all there is, is your mandala, it's your consciousness, it's your energy field. So um, how you create that. And it's, they're, all, they're not punishments and I know a lot of people, and this is very the concept of reincarnation and creating your dharma, a lot of people really, really have issue with that, especially in the West, because they don't want anything bad to ever happen to anybody. They don't want anything bad to happen. They don't want um, anybody to suffer. And that's idyllic. However, um, sometimes those bad things that happen to people are what causes them to grow into a diamond. It's the pressure yes, that, group, the that pressure. pushes them to evolve. Without mm. that pressure, you will never have diamonds.
0: That is true. That we're is all, true.
1: And we're all, we're all growing into, you know, our own radiant mandalas. Does that answer that question?
0: Yeah, that, that's really, uh, you know, well explained. And I think it releases... Um, at least for me and many of us that grew up very religious, that guilt and shame about not being perfect and, um, you know, just thinking we're going to get punished. Cause I, I know there was definitely a lot of that and some of the Western biblical texts about, you know, God punishing so-and-so and so-and-so. And I, and, and you know, obviously it's a man-made interpretation of, of whatever story right. was being told, but um, I, I more resonate with what you're talking about and the, and yeah. the Buddhist way of sharing that yeah. is, is less and evolution. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense yeah. to me. Right. There, there are
1: no, and, and the other thing also um, is, and this, and this gets, this gets into the kind of the advanced stuff as well as you kind of see the wisdom teachings and you see the, the way the Dharma creates itself and how you create the Dharma. The other thing is your ego that is the only thing that is the equivalent of a demon or hell or a devil. There is no such thing in consciousness. It is your ego going out of control that is creating your own manifestations to punish yourself, self-punish yourself. Mm. Think about that. Okay. The devil is the ego. It's a metaphor. Um, and um, the, the, the Western religions that took that metaphor... Turned it in to what it is known in the West now, as this actual thing, and because these these people who have these beliefs in hell and um, the devil are not aware that they create their own Dharma through their consciousness, they are creating their own manifestations for self punishment
0: yeah, it seems like the more I go on this road the the more it seems to to me like exactly. Um, what you're talking about, and um, it's uh, it's funny because I know in some you know areas, not just necessarily religious, uh, you know I see sometimes on Facebook here and there you know about you know Satan this or that, and and the funny mm-hmm. thing is you know um, this people can co-create or singly create I suppose um, whatever they choose to, not even knowing that they're choosing to do that. So it's like, yeah, you know. So somebody asked me, "So wait, I thought you, you know, this being that that was co-created of of Lucifer, Satan, whatever." You said that this being is already healed. I said, "Yeah." <laughs> I said, "So what's all the Satan stuff about?" I said, "Well, the energy's still there. You can recreate it anytime you want." <laughs> yeah, so you, that, can recreate, you can recreate. You can recreate the garbage anytime you want. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, yeah. You want to trash it up and say, you know that the devil made me do it, whatever. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, I, the energy's available. available, um, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I, I of course get a lot of flack for saying that, you know, that Satan's healed, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, because
1: they don't want that. They don't want to hear that because then they have to take responsibility for their yes. consciousness and their own manifestations mm-hmm. and creations. Everybody don't, and this is the hard thing. And a lot of people in, Buddhism tradition as well struggle with their own dharma. And that's why most of the temples, all they do is talk about the basics, one, two, three, of how not to be a douchebag to each other because we just don't <laughs> learn the basics. It's so basic. Well, we're douchebags ourselves. Stuff, we're douchebags. We're the, we're the worst to ourselves oh my and gosh. our loved ones. We don't need to create our own out of, we, we don't need our ego to create our own demons in hell. We create it for ourselves just fine. Give ourselves yeah. some credit. We do a wonderful job creating our own suffering and not learning yep. from it.
0: Yeah, we yeah. do. And, and on some level, sometimes we think we deserve it. And, you know, our conscious mind was like, no, 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 I'm a victim, right? But really, mm-hmm. that, that in and of itself is that recreating that that energy of punishment that it's not necessary I think that's what God was trying to explain to me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. when I was asking about karma and, and, and meaning negative karma and so on and so forth and because people will look and I know you know this too and you've observed this is that people will say a faction will judge another faction and say well mm-hmm. oh, they're creating a lot of negative karma by doing this and that and this and that right almost like I hate to say it but almost waiting for the other shoe to fall almost wanting the other to suffer for the bad things they're doing, whether it be the elite or well, the Illuminati or whoever it is, pharmaceuticals, no, that's whatever the, the newest one. Is. That is the newest one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you just, so, so Karen, you right, right on about the, the
0: perspective on 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 that and and that. I, I'm just, I think that's what God was trying to tell me that there is no such thing as as that. yeah like, like, yeah,
1: yeah, you 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 just hit it right right on there, Karen, um because. Once people get over, okay, I got over my fear of the devil and hell as a manifestation of self-punishment, once they get over that, they move on to the next, they, they recreate a whole another thing to self-punish themselves so they don't take responsibility for anything. So it's like, oh, it's, it's all of these conspiracies that are holding me down. It's these mm-hmm. conspiracies that are making my relationships horrible, that's making me do that infidelity, making me take those drugs, making me not go to work and pay my bills. It's all these people in these conspiracies that are holding me down. That's the newest thing. And so when at some point, when are you going to look in the mirror and really look at your whole life? Many monks do. Look in the mirror and see that all the things you're complaining about, you self-created for a lesson for you to learn. Because you only give power to if you're the one that's giving power to others. And and so you're taking away your own power. And this, the Dharma, the, the reality is your own, and you create that. So, you know, the whole thing of, um, the whole tribal thing of, I'm going to wait for this faction to fall. Another perspective is, Who cares about all the other fashions? Just focus on yourself and making your life um, and your dharma the best experience you can right now. And let them learn their lessons and grow through their lessons the way they they want to, because there are multiple ways to bake a cake. Some people use the microwave. Some people use the oven. Some people put it in a (laughs) fire. The cake is delicious at the very end of the day, you know? So, and there's, and, and, In Buddhism and in many Eastern philosophies, there are many ways in which you can create the Dharma. There's many energy healing modalities. Um, There's many wisdom teachers um, from shamanic to Buddhism to the Vedas to just you name it. It's because there are different people. And because there are different people, there are different ways to create the Dharma. So who cares if there's 50,000 different ways to do it? At some point, they're all going to get there. So find the <laughs> one that works that. for you and create that way. And don't focus on everybody else's, um, you, you know, struggles, because that, that, those struggles are for them to learn from. And that's what we keep, we keep bringing up over and over again. That's the mm-hmm. basics. We're just talking about the basics again.
0: Yeah, the basics is, uh, like, it, it's like, it's difficult, uh, myself included, to stay out of other people's business, you know, yeah, to really care keep about that so focus much. on ourselves. Yeah, you care about them so much. You you know mm-hmm. you care.
1: You want to help people. You want to help relieve the suffering so much. And I get that. Um, one of the one of the lessons that the master teacher Kuan Yin, uh, the Chinese Buddha um, Kuan Yin, is famous for is staying behind um, to help people and then go through the final doorway with the rest of humanity, um, because she cares about every single one of them and she thinks that maybe. Um, her parents will reincarnate, and she wants to bring them with her. So anyways, um, the thing is, sometimes sometimes, like I said earlier, some people really really need the hard knocks. They need the tough lessons, muscle memory, in order to learn not to recreate the same bad habits that caused experience that they say they don't want to experience. And so sometimes, in some cases, if you love them, you have to let them fall. You wow. have to let them pick themselves up, and you have to let them p- grow it's a hard lesson
0: it is a hard lesson well and and i, I and I wanted to address this because <laughs> you might get a little chuckle out of this so so growing up, my mom would say, and this is talk of you know we were talking about wisdom teachings earlier um And the more so-called what we would judge as enlightened souls don't necessarily have to go through all the hard knocks in order to learn the lesson. They can learn through, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing and observing what others do. And, and it's a, you may be a more Mm -hmm. sophisticated way of doing it. So my mom used to say, you know, um, learn from others' mistakes. Okay. Now I know sometimes you might think, well, this might be a distortion, but she's like, learn from others' mistakes. Don't make, don't make mistakes. Learn from other people's mistakes. So her version was, other people's mistakes would be like divorcing someone. Okay, I'm just giving you a solid, you know, example of that, right? Well, mm-hmm. I got really, really sick and I needed to divorce my husband, but fought that because I felt that was wrong and that was evil and that was bad to divorce. Like once you're with someone, that's it. The end of the story, it's black and white, you know, there's no forgiveness, right? So she was like, well, learn from other people's mistakes. And I was, like, she was pushing me not to get a divorce um, from, you know, from that perspective. And then there's another perspective I was learning in my own growth and evolution. was like, sometimes people have to have their own experiences, you know, mm-hmm. and to be responsible. So I could listen to my mom and go, well, I'm not going to get a divorce because that's going to mean that my life is horrible afterwards. Or I could say, okay, I'm going to go for what my heart tells me to do right now, because whatever I've done in the past has not been working. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get that mm-hmm. divorce and be 100% responsible for whatever happens after that. And so I need to learn my own lessons and not just go by, you know, learning what other people supposedly have done wrong and have a bad life after divorcing, right? So I did my divorce and realized, oh my gosh, I'm now able to access my true self, my true joy and have a, you know, great Mm -hmm. future relationship and that kind of stuff. So I absolutely had to go through the difficulties of my illness and divorce and everything like that to get to where I am. So maybe you can speak mm-hmm. to that learning from other people's mistakes with them and maybe, you know, whether that's really true, what my mom was talking about, but maybe distorted. it's not black and white. It's
1: not it's not black and white. And um, it's case by case. So let me ask you this. You're not a drug addict, are you? Nope. OK, and why not? <laughs> because you are, because you know, you know what that goes, what, what that experience is going to be like. You've seen it enough times in well, other yeah, people. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't, it doesn't So okay. well, you learn. Happy. Yeah. It's so draining. you, yep. So in that specific case, you, you learn the wisdom behind seeing that and going, that's not what I want to create for myself. Mm. But in the case of your divorce, um, this was something that it was part of your life plan that you had to go through and you're better now because of it. So it's not always going to be black and white in every single situation, but you are going to learn things from other people and from different stories and learn, okay, I don't really want to create that for myself. I know I don't want to experience that. And mm. the other thing about divorce too, um, especially if when in Asian culture, it might be a cultural thing. Because of a stigma, an old world stigma of um, divorce Absolutely. In, in, in some Asian traditions or culture. It's not a tradition. It's a cultural thing. So, yeah. But the thing is, is that if it doesn't work for you and the relationship, because some relationships, just like friendships and other things, they, they, have, a, they have a lifespan. And mm-hmm. if, you do, if you do hypnosis, like I do hypnosis with my clients and I found with my clients through um, quantum hypnosis. And I I do two different modalities of quantum hypnosis. I do the um, Dolores Cannon method, which is QHHT, and I do that in person. And then for my clients who are remote around the world and want me to do hypnosis on them, the other quantum hypnosis I do is BQH, Beyond Quantum Healing, which is developed by um, Candice. Um, But anyways, and that, that can be done remote. So I do two different quantum hypnosis, and what I found over and over again and over again is um, each one of my clients, no matter if they were, this is the first lifetime on earth, or they've had other lifetimes in other planets or other solar systems, or they just came from the spirit world, doesn't matter what previous experiences that they've, they've had, they each have set up certain things in their life that they are going to go through, and it's part of their learning experience. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, but not everyone's going to go through the same thing because not everyone needs the same lesson and they're not trying to achieve the same outcome.
0: Right. Yeah. So, that makes a lot of sense to me. And in fact, in our, uh, in my Topican healing method, we have a, uh, an evaluation called the um, soul. Well, we have the soul mission matrix, which is about our foundational soul mission at this time. And then I have another thing called soul experience template. And that one really mm-hmm. is about um, like being a kid in a candy store and going, what do I want to mm-hmm. experience in, this human, in the human realm this time around? And it's like, well, I want to do the fun house and I want to do the roller coaster because I haven't done that before. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. The universe
0: helps us set can then have the yeah. experience that we said we wanted prior to incarnation. Um, and that's my way of interpreting it. And it's been pretty interesting because my, one of mine in this timeline is um, compassion which is yeah 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 and of course it's compassion and action yeah that's right I love that um and of course Kuan Yin being one of my guides you know (laughs) yeah yeah resonates that that frequency so um uh it's pretty interesting and I and I really bless every you know moment of suffering if you will of of my illness fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome even you know feeling suicidal because of all of that got me to where I am today Everything, yeah, know, and all, you know, ex-husband, everything, you know. I, I just give so much gratitude for that because of the evolution and the learning. So I'm hoping that other people right experience that too.
1: Right, and when you were going through your 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 hard knocks, there are always going to be um, inklings of divine consciousness and your angels and guides and loving spirits around you, giving you little hints and clues. But sometimes just so you when you're in the thick of it you're so stuck in mm-hmm. the pain and the suffering that you can't see um the extended hand or the yeah. um the the grace that's found beside you or anything else so um i get it it is a learning process i have um been suicidal myself in my early 20s mm. i had a divorce as well and um i was young and i didn't um you know got married young but anyways we just grew up to be different people and um, we divorced and it really hurt and kind of tore me apart. But one of the things, and I will say this for anybody who's going through a, a tough time in their life, they're going through one of the difficult um, times in their life and they may consider suicide. It's not like they want to kill themselves. It's like, for me, it's like, I just wanted the, the pain to stop because yes. every single breath, every single breath that I took felt like a knife going through my heart. Every mm. breath. Wow. And so every single, every single time I moved my body, it felt like I was pulling a boulders apart. That's how much the pain when somebody is suicidal, How that's how much pain they, they're going through. It's, wow. um, it, it's not because they want to kill themselves. It's because they just want the pain to stop. But the reason why I didn't go forward with it was because I thought about the havoc of how it would affect my friends and my family without me in their life because I was such an integral part in mm. um, in many of my family and friends' lives. I provided them so much um, positivity. And so – Anyways, and they were there for me. The people will call and check, but it doesn't matter because when you go into that much pain, it's, it, you know, you can't see that right over the horizon, there's the rainbow right, right through the thick of the dark storm going on yes. because all you, all you want to do is stop the pain. But one of my best friends told me, um, and I remember this, and I just want to tell everybody, if they're in this situation, whatever happens, sit on your hands. Sit on those fidgety hands because those hands are the access points that could cause you to do something that you regret. So if you're Mm. in that moment, just sit on your hands and then just just pray. Mm. Just call in your your angels, guides, your grandma, your grandfather that you love, anybody to help you get through this. And you will get through this. Um, but it's not about killing yourself. It's about getting rid of the pain and the pain will subside. Yes. If it was just one, of course. Wow, wow. But everybody goes yeah. through these hard knocks. Okay. Everybody does. And if you come out of it, you're stronger and better to help other people. So Isn't is like there lessons? a Buddhist?
0: Yeah. Is there a, a Buddhist um, teaching around? People or around suicide itself. Um, it's not necessarily like, a bad thing or a good thing.
1: There is no hmm. opinion on it. Okay. Um, there's a lot, just like any other any other cases. It's case by case.
0: <laughs> because but, uh, you know one of my friends to... killed himself recently, and. Um, his uh, parents who are very religious i think christian religious uh would not come to the catholic service because they said he's going to hell so i was there and i didn't see i didn't see the parents there or or the brother i was that uh, right. right
1: there's a lesson there for the parents there's a lesson there for everybody of how um like I, we already discussed that in Buddhism, there is no hell and there is no um, Satan. They're just mm-hmm. um, our ego has gone astray. And if anybody, I've had clients who have gone through similar things and they go through hypnosis and they talk to the deceased person themselves. And that person is not in hell. The person's actually cocooning and getting a lot of love because they struggled with their um, earthly suffering and issues. Um, And they are going to, at some point, come back and carry on whatever lessons or experiences that they set out for themselves. But to reject love because of fears, that's the lesson.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty profound. Um, you yeah. know, what's interesting is that, uh, I, and and you know, I, this is obviously only from my perspective and understand current understanding, because um, my understanding changes based on new information. Um, is that um, there are uh, you know some people who um, let's just say their angels allowed them loud isn't the right word, but anyway, um, to kill themselves because it was necessary for the development and evolution of the others they're in family with, and that they were done with this particular lifetime. And that was kind of a new, you know, awareness of, of mind that there would be some sort of concerted effort among the spirits to go okay here's the here's the predetermined expiration date and um we're going to allow this to happen so that everyone can evolve and they're done with their mission in this timeline anyway would love your perspective on this
1: um like i said it's a case-by-case um is a case-by-case basis i had a i had a hypnosis client who um you know had um a suicide and What was found out in the session was if it wasn't suicide, it was going to get in the car accident anyways. Mm. So, like, there's some things that are planned to happen um, that are finite. And if you try to avoid it, the universe will find another way to make it finite. Because, you know, like, if you were meant to have that car accident, whether you stay home or not, something's going to happen to pull you out of the house. You can drive a different way, and it's still going to happen because that car accident was going to be how you meet the next person that is best in line for your experience. Clients who met their spouse from a car accident. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's funny yeah. how the universe works. I've had somebody who they went to their mother in the hospital, and they met their husband who happened to be a nurse there. Um. <laughs> if, so yeah and there's a lot of funny
0: ways that this happens
1: so i don't judge anybody sometimes
0: can't fathom how the universe works yeah you don't you don't so
1: i don't judge any way of how people create their dharma and so one of the teachings one of the one of the three gifts and yeshua got these three gifts as well um for when he was born wisdom teachings Mm-hmm. Energy healing, thank you, Dr. Karen, for offering energy healing, mm-hmm. and compassion, hmm. because compassion is really essential so that you can, you know, when you see somebody go through hard knocks and you go, when they, you're watching them, um, maybe from a distance, go through tough, tough lessons that they have to go through in order to learn and grow from it, give them a little bit of compassion. Because um,
0: that's what they need—is little support to get through that that hard time. Yeah, which is really, really different from being in a judgmental type of energy. Which I've been there, so I'm not saying you know that I'm free of that bias, but I do less and less of it mm-hmm. now. But that of saying, "Well, you manifested that, so just stop manifesting it." Right? Like, there's a harsh, judgmental kind of energy that can come with the whole law of attraction
1: yeah there's another way to see that another way to see that um in Buddhism is okay, so let's say somebody's going through a hard knock, a really tough lesson um and they just haven't learned not to repeat the bad habit that's causing them the the lesson. Another way to to look at that is is send them a lot of compassion and love yeah i I'm, I'm gonna be here for you if you need somebody to talk to um I'll send you some care packets, but I'm not going to to save you from your own destruction.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not going to enable you. Yeah, enabling is uh, so you need kind comp- of an addiction in our um, uh-huh. society.
1: Uh-huh. Enabling. So, and it's a case-by-case basis. I know people, I can already hear people in my head going, oh, what about this situation? what about that situation? It's a case-by-case basis. But for the most part, if someone is, has a chronic way of creating um, imbalance in their life, they haven't learned and they do it over again. How many times have you had a girlfriend who keeps dating or marrying the same guy that beats her up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. how many times are you going to save her from it <laughs> and then she goes back right back into the same marriage with another person? She hasn't learned her lesson. So the hard thing is to give yourself compassion to go, I love you. I'm going to let you fall. Yeah, so that, that you learn big finally big to stop to going there. And then have compassion for her and say, I love you. I love me. I'm not going to enable you anymore. I'm not going to keep on rescuing you. But I'm going to give you resources, um, you know, where you, where you can go and so forth. And I'm going to give you compassion for the suffering that you're going through it right now so that you can learn your lesson and, and just pray that she learns her lesson so that she learns this. I don't need anymore. Instead, right. I want a healthy relationship. I finally learned. Right.
0: It's so tempting. So compassion gone, goes both ways. To rescue, especially family members. Um, because we see them suffering, we don't want them suffering. So we're like throwing money mm-hmm. at them or, you know, trying to fix things or, you know, whatever, just realizing that's the same enabling, um, energies and habits that we have for, you know, being a spouse of an alcoholic or a drug addict. And people, mm-hmm. including myself had a really hard time seeing that. Cause I don't, I mean, seeing people suffer is a really hard thing for me. Uh, so my tendency was to try to rescue them. How did it work out for you? <laughs> I got drained. <laughs> yeah, I got drained. the bottomless pit. You know, kept on going, hit. huh? <laughs> yeah, no, did not work very well. And, and now, so it, it takes some discipline really is to when people do ask for help and, you know, sometimes I have to say no in the way that they want me to help them, which is basically rescuing. And then I explain, which is difficult because it's literally faster for me just to do a quick mini healing or whatever, you know, on my loved ones. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but it's, it takes longer and more effort actually to say why I have to say no. Uh, but mm-hmm. for the most part, they've understood, you know, that, oh, okay. You know, because I said, well, if I keep, you know, it's like, I can either give you the fish or teach you how to fish. So I think the latter is more right. important. And um, so this yeah, person, that's one of the most important I'm lessons I'm that Yeshua said hmm yeah but it's hard me, it's, a it's not the right scenario. thing to ask for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> it might is sound callous
0: it. but it's it not does. callous yeah. it's not callous and I
1: want everybody to understand this um and especially if you're going to go into advanced studies in buddhism the wisdom teachings are that the the different master teachers teach are so so critical to how you mm. create your dharma because um, in the in the philosophy, people are creating the experiences that are that they have to go through in order to learn and grow from it because as we get into these higher dimensions and we and our awareness grows into these higher realities, like the fifth dimensional awareness, mm-hmm. we're gonna create faster, easier anything that we um focus yeah.
0: on. So That's if you're creating
1: out of <laughs> it's true. And so if you are – because after 2012, when the Earth completed her um, 20 – I think it was 29,520-year procession? Yes, 25,000, yeah. Yeah, so we – yeah, so we – you know, it's just – and that's basically off the VEDAs, but we waited a long time to do that, and then we changed over to 2012, and that was the official date of closing the, the cycle of polarity. Then after that, it was choose your own adventure. So you can create your dharma with third-dimensional awareness, um, kind of slow-go, fourth-dimensional awareness, like, you know, um, in in a linear fashion, A to B to C, you know, like uh, I'm going to get the job, then we get the promotion, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to, you know, whatever. So linear. Or if you're ready for um, the higher energies that are coming in much, much faster, you can be fifth-dimensional awareness. And since everything is created simultaneously and exists right now, you can start skipping and zigzagging around. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people in this awareness will just, will just like, how would you get there so fast? You know, <laughs> they'll just zigzag around to the fastest point to get to the experience that they want next. And things create so much faster. Now, here's the thing. If you haven't learned to create your dharma in a healthy fashion, and you're creating faster um, and with much these higher awarenesses and you're creating chaos in your life. Do you want more of that? Right. That's the lesson. That's the lesson Buddhists has been trying to teach everybody for a while is learn to create your Dharma in a constructive, healthy manner. Learn why you create the chaos in your life so you know not to create that. Because when you get into the higher dimensions of awareness, you will create what you are faster. And it's going to be yeah. hell for you. And and that hell every day is going to cause people to either find a modality, seek solutions, or, um, you know, it's going to be a dire outcome for them because they can't handle it. They don't know how to create in these higher realities. Right. So there's so many
0: modalities out there. Oh my gosh. So many. And I I mean, not that I would wonderful wonderful stuff in in my, (laughs) in, in my friend's face, uh, I'm thinking of somebody uh, in particular, Um, but, but I, you know, it's there. Like I almost want to say, I wouldn't be necessarily very compassionate, but I'm just going to share it with you right now. What you know, what I like, stop myself from saying um, is, I just want to sometimes look at her in the eye and go, "Are you done yet? Are Are you done suffering? You know, because uh, if you're done, we we can you we know, well, let me help you. <laughs> you know, let, let's do something different, right? Because it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. happened to me, and then that happened to me, and this people did this bad thing to me, and then this, you know, anyway, I, I, and I get it. It, it's awful, and and not definitely what I would want to suffer and and go through. But it's this positioning of how much is the universe going to make me suffer. Um. And so yeah. So I, I've, ha- I've, um, you know, I, I didn't spit out of my mouth, but my, my, you know, at the time I was like, are you done yet? Like, like, you know, when you're ready to be done, then call me. Like, let's let's do this. Yeah. Right? well the
1: question the question I would ask is um, for somebody like that is, why do you not think you are enough for unlimited love? What is it about how you see yourself, that you continue to find new ways to punish yourself and suffer? Why, why mm-hmm. do you deserve all this suffering? Yeah. Because some people are going to, they're going to suffer if they have cancer. They're going to suffer if they get into a car accident. But it's the unnecessary suffering that is um, questionable. Like, like, like choosing to put yourself into a situation that you know is bad for you and it's not going to have a good outcome. And doing it over and over again, like a chronic addict to drama. Yeah. At that point, yeah, these people have to ask, um, like you said, are you done with the suffering? Like, how much more do you want to punish yourself? Why do you not? Why do you not love yourself? Let's mm-hmm. look. Let's rewind time and go all the way back through your childhood, all the way back through your upbringing, all the way back to and let's see all the different ways in which you learn this behavior. Mm-hmm. And let it go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, You don't
1: need to suffer. No one needs to suffer.
0: Is there a saying? I don't know if it's Buddhist. It's just something like, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yes. Um, the Dalai Lama, Gyatso, um, Tenjin, he said that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, what's so the exact th- quote? Because I, I'm just paraphrasing here. <laughs> Was that yeah, it? That's
1: pretty much it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. The Dalai Lama said um, that, Yeah, yeah, suffering is optional.
0: Yeah, because it's like things happen and they happen, but what we think about how, what happens can cause us suffering, our opinions yeah. about suffering, it, our judgments about it. Right, okay, right. And there's a difference between suffering and pain.
1: Pain mm-hmm. is the physical pain your body feels. Suffering is the, is the um, trauma that your psyche feels. Mm.
0: That's all consciousness. Right. And, and someone here, uh, well, I'm just, I'm just feeling into the collective here and um, Novan's written out a question, but one of the questions that I've heard lots and lots and lots is what about, you know, this whole thing about co-creation that yes, we're creating our Dharma and our reality, but aren't other individuated people co-creating with us because like how much work do I have to do individually to manifest peace on earth? It seems like a daunting task if there's millions of other people doing something different.
1: Right. So um, the Buddhists would would tell you that you are creating reality through your consciousness. And if you're waiting for the external reality to change for you, then you don't really believe that your consciousness has the ability to change reality. Mm. You're waiting for the exterior. You're What you're waiting for is you're waiting when you look in the mirror, you're waiting for the reflection in the mirror to smile back at you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: whereas in reality the only way the reflection the mirror is going to smile back at you is if you smile at it it's the mm. same adage saying that you've heard over and over again it's the same thing mm-hmm. That's so great. if you take responsibility analogy. yeah if you take responsibility for yourself and your life and the people around you and the things that you can affect and everybody did that it would, it would drastically change overnight
0: yeah, that's I keep saying that as well. So, yeah, that's my yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and you know, and the thing is and the and the thing is is that every single everybody has their own dharma to create and it yes, it is we are co-creating because it's more fun to play in the sandbox of other people than by yourself. Mm-hmm. But at mm-hmm. the same time in the sandbox, you still can dictate what's going on in your personal space with your toys in that sandbox. And then mm. you can hang around with other people in that sandbox. Just like you know, like moms that like, watch their kids play in the playground. Mm-hmm. The kids that are playing a certain way will typically gravitate to the other of similar frequency and they'll play a certain way and they'll just have a great mm-hmm. old time. And um and so we naturally we naturally link up like minds link up to each other and co create naturally. Mm. So, you know, and it and you have to also look in the bigger picture too. Um because, yes, you are having your own experience, and when you are you are sharing a reality with like minded people, you are having a shared reality um per se to a certain extent um, but also, as you change your frequency you're going to naturally experience an alternate reality that has different elements to it because you have shifted to a different perspective of reality. And there's different people and same parallel people in that reality as well. So um, we're constantly shifting. We're constantly shifting our perspective on the Dharma, depending on how we see it. And if you see that, like I said, we're going back to the very basics. If you love them, you're going to let them go through their journey so they can learn and grow from it. And if they don't learn and grow from it and they get into these higher dimensional realities, they're going to create out of their own fears and it's going to be hell for them every day. So if you love the people around you in your collective society, you're going to respect their journey and let them learn and grow from it and just be responsible for what you can in your life and your inner Mm.
0: circle. Sage advice, sage advice. So before we go into the next. Go back to basics. I love it. I love it. Um, I know some people want to know more about sacred geometry and so-called parallel lives. And before we delve into that, um, I just want to share again, your website. It's Merkaba chakras.com. And uh, the book is Buddhist mandalas explore parallel realities with sacred geometry. And Vaughn, maybe you can share where people can get a copy of your book. Yeah. So you can just go to Amazon and just go ahead
1: and type my name Vaughn Gault, V O N and then last name is Galt, um, G-A-L-T. And then you'll, you'll, you'll go and see my name and you can click on the, the author's name and it'll pull up my whole author's profile. And it'll show all the, all my different books um, that I've created. I don't just write Buddhism books, but I do coloring books, vacation coloring mm. books, um, just different just different things. I kind of run the gamut there of different things that I love. They're all my meditation And um, But you can also go to my website, Merkaba Chakras, M-E-R-K-A-B-A Chakras, like the seven chakras, dot com, and the links will be there as well. So really, really easy to find my books. Um, The one thing I will say that when you read Buddhist mandalas book one, that one's all about sacred geometry so that you can understand that you are energy. All you are is your mandala. Lifetime after lifetime, you are your energy field. And you Mm. carry with you all the experiences and knowledge in that energy field and all your pains and suffering in that energy field. And so all we're doing is working on leveling up our energy field to get um, to higher and higher levels of consciousness, which is higher and higher levels of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we go through um, trauma or dense issues, we hold those densities in our energy field. And um, modern science is finding that out as well. That people are holding um, in their chakras, in their energy field, certain um, dense issues. But when you address that, and you heal that, and you learn from it, um,
0: that will no longer hold on your frequency. Mm, so exciting! So great! Um, I love that you've explained about that, and it's helpful for the science nerds in the group, myself included. Oh, yeah, the science nerds. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's so much fun. The real quick basic thing, and I want to say this about the Buddhist mandalas um, book series. Um, When you read book one, it will rewire your consciousness to a fifth dimensional level. Okay? Um, I've had a lot of people say that to a fifth dimensional um, awareness. It will rewire your consciousness. Sacred geometry has a tendency to do that because the symbols have a lot of wisdom in the symbols. Mm. Um, But I explained the science behind it. But basically in short, um, in this book, the Sri Yantra, which is the symbol in Hinduism um, Mm -hmm. that they use to meditate. The Sri Yantra is the same exact thing. It's another way of looking at the sacred geometry patterns of your Merkaba, of your mandala. Um, In Native American, they call it the whirling dog for the way in which your energy field whirls of the ascended Mm. um, masters or teachers. It's the same thing. And then they call it the yin-yang because when you look down from the top view down to a um, mandala or an active Merkaba, That's the way the energy flows within your bubble. That's because everybody is just a big bubble of energy. And they've already put this Mm -hmm. in science and you can read that in the book. So everything is a sphere, people. It's not flat. It's a sphere. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Sacred geometry. When you study sacred geometry, there's no way to get a flat anything. It's a sphere. Okay. Mm. Um, That's how the energy flows. It needs to flow in a circle. Uh, A sphere. So um, that's how Yin Yang sees it um, in in science. 432 hertz is the um, frequency of a human being, which when they mm-hmm. play that into a sand plate, it shows the image of a Sri Yantra. So nature wow. is saying the same thing. So all of that you can geek out all of that. Uh, Metatron's cube or Ezekiel in the in the Bible. Uh, When he Mm -hmm. had his awakening and ascension, he saw a bunch of sacred symbols. Um, And in seeing those sacred symbols, it kind of rewired his consciousness. And all of a sudden, he was very wise and tuned into certain things about the universe. Um, And that's why they call it Metatron's Q, because that's one of the things that he was known to teach is about sacred geometry. So all – I go into more of that, but all of these spiritual traditions and religions – all over the world, for as long as we know, have been talking about the same thing, which is that we are energy. We are our mandalas. Lifetime after lifetime, you are your mandala. And um, we are having a human experience. So don't get caught up in the 3D form so much because it's, it's just a vessel in which you have your experience. These avatars that we are change lifetime after lifetime, but the energy field is the same. That's why many people marry the same – if they have a good relationship, they marry the same people because they recognize each other's energy. <laughs> um, same thing with soul groups. They recognize each other's energy. So, And then you have those funny synchronicities of how you met and how how, how weird it's all so perfect because you recognize energy just attracts each other. So anyways, I go into that in my book a little bit, but that, that's basically it. So all these religions, doesn't matter what religion you are in or spirit tradition you are that you were born into, they're all talking about the same thing. But what's happened over time is many people have um, gotten so caught up in terms and labels and factions and sex and everything else that they forgot the basic meaning and they let their ego take over and um, split it all up. Now we're coming back. They're, back, they're mm-hmm. coming back into unity consciousness. That's beautiful.
0: Well, one of the mm-hmm. questions that's come up, um, which I'd love for you to tackle, is, um, you know, um, the flower of life. So this is a, you know, sacred geomet- geometrical pattern. There's many that, you know, come out of that, including Metatron's. Cube and uh, the seed of life and the Tree of Life, and all that kind of stuff, and so there is a thing going around the internet with various different uh teachers, if you will, that it it is evil, and that it is really the daisy of death and it's a distortion of uh reality um, uh, and uh, that you should not you know think it's beautiful uh the flower of life which as you mentioned before, these sacred geometries are you know. A spherical; they're they're not flat. So, would love your perceptions on um, that that particular. Um, yeah, criticism. yeah, yeah. Some people find
1: people humans find such funny ways to self punish themselves with the hell, the, the devil and hell. Always, they always find new ways to think. <laughs> if it's not that cabal it's, it's very creative. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But that's their journey. That's fine. Scientifically proven. The sacred geometry is the flower of the life. The flower of life is sacred geometry. So, it all, if you take all of the portal points on Earth's grids, okay, um, all the intersecting points is where the portal points are, and you roll it out flat, it looks like the flower of life. Your energy field is the flower of life. Remember your bubble,
0: mm-hmm. your
1: bubble. And sacred geometry is the way that creation creates everything. And they've already proven this in science, that you are your mandala. And your mandala, if you roll it out in a two-dimensional form, looks like the flower of life. So what you are afraid of is you are afraid of your own infinity. Mm. Okay? So get over your fear of your own awakening and ascension and that you are divine, get over your fear that
0: you're more powerful than you give yourself credit. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, one of the things that, um, and by the way, for folks that are on the line, if you'd like to call in live and ask a question or comment, the number is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we you know your hands up. So 818-514-1190. And if you're live, you can also post it in the live chat as well. I've just put a little comments and, uh, in there already for you. Um, so one of the things fun is that, you um, I've noticed, you know, with, uh, you know, energy healing and working with clients or students um, is that um, they have a newer ability, it seems. And we talked a little bit at the very beginning about these six senses. They have the ability Mm -hmm. to actually feel or see or sense things happening in alternate realities. And Mm -hmm. some of these pleasant, some of these not so pleasant, uh, but they seem to Mm -hmm. at least the ones that I get to hear about is the not so pleasant one. So whether that be uh, so-called entities and other timelines uh, interfering, or they can actually see or feel like I have one person that was like, I feel like a, jo- a dog is jumping in my bed. Right. And it was kind of odd. <laughs> so I you know, did my testing. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. right, let's see what it is. And it, that was actually true, that there was a dog jumping in their bed, but it wasn't an entity in this timeline, which is what they judged it to be. It was that there was mm-hmm. a real dog in another timeline that they could feel jumping in their bed, uh-huh. you know. So would love for you to address uh-huh. some of these alternate realities and clairs. Yeah, that's fun. Those are fun. Okay,
1: so let, let so I'm going to fast forward to the people who are ready for the advanced stuff in Buddhism because, the, like, the last question you have about the, the people who are afraid of their affinity with the flower of life. Anyways, those are 3D people, and they're they're gonna get their lessons, and they're gonna work through it. Cause remember, after 2012, it's just your own reality. So if you want to be 3D, you can be 3D all you want. It's your lesson. It's your it's 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 what it's for you to learn through. But some people are way beyond that. They're ready for being fifth dimensional awareness. And fifth dimensional awareness in these higher energies, um, like I said, is everything exists in the now moment. And so if you're in a fifth dimensional awareness in the now moment, what does that mean? That means you may have a sixth sense that you can pre, you can sense and actually feel, maybe in, even see what happened in the past, what happened in the future, what happened in parallel. You're seeing it all. It's a sixth sense. So in Buddhism, like in the, um, And in Hinduism, they have um, a lot of art history where they have the master teachers that have multiple heads and Kuan Yin with 10,000 arms. She didn't have 10,000 arms in one body. She had 10,000 versions of her in multiple realities, giving compassion and grace to people who are going through their hard 3D lessons. Okay? So now you're being fifth dimensional. What's happened is, since 2012 as earth is bringing in higher and higher frequencies um, and she's going into further and further, we're in the early stages still, but she's going further and further into fifth dimensional awareness. Remember everyone, I know you're having your life, but you are an aspect living on earth. Earth. I've already proven this in my book. She has her own consciousness. You can look at the Schumann resonance to see she has mm-hmm. her own consciousness and she is leveling up her consciousness from 3d up to more into the 5D and higher. Mm -hmm. And so she brought everybody with her, whether you're ready or not. But she's so loving. She's giving you the opportunity to create your dharma any way you want, 3D, 4D, 5D, 7D, 8D, whatever. (laughs) But she brought herself up. You, just like your cells in your body that's having its own little um, lives going on in in itself, um, you are a part of her. Just like the atoms in your body are a part of you having their own little lives, okay? We're all one. We're all connected. So um, I hope that answers that question. Oh, wait. No, actually, a little quick about that question. I wanted to say something else. As these energies go up, people are going to um, come into their sixth senses more. And in Buddhism, like all the master teachers like Yeshua and Kuan Yin and Buddha, They were fifth dimensional awareness already, and they were, you know, getting higher in their awareness. But they were that in a lower dense time frame. They didn't have the help of Earth raising up all the energies. Mm. We, on the other hand, have the help of Earth raising her energies up to the 5D awareness. And so the energies and the tools are available to us if we know how to use it. And because of that, um, many people are getting awakened the loving of the energy easier, um, the coming into six senses, we're pretty much g- getting a growth spurt. And mm. we don't know that we're getting a growth spurt. And in in ancient times, if somebody had a child or somebody had these six senses that would come up and they didn't know how to live with it, um, they didn't know the wisdom teachings of how to live with it, they would typically put them in a monastery and say, here, help my kid. They have an unusual six sense. I don't know how to help them. They don't know how to live with it in school or whatever in right, society mm-hmm. so they'll put them in the monasteries and the lamas and the nuns and so forth would help them hone in learn to control learn to use it effectively um, learn to live with it so it, it doesn't make you special it just means that you had a growth spurt so like let's say somebody all of a sudden shoots up a foot in a year as adolescent they're going to stumble all over themselves and probably be a little bit dangerous to everybody around them, like (laughs) like a kid in a china shop, you know, like, oh, my God, that's that's exactly what's happening. And so they don't realize they have this growth spurt, and so they have to learn their new body. They have to learn how to live with it, and they have to learn how to not use it to damage themselves or hurt themselves or others or use it to manipulate others. That's where the wisdom teachings come in. Mm. Okay? humanity is having a growth spurt and some people are coming into this five D six senses and they don't know how to do it. So I actually had a client that had this exact thing and hypnosis where um, you know, he was sitting in his bed with his wife and then all of a sudden he like looked over and he can like with his third eye see himself walking through talking to his wife in the bathroom and he's like, wait, I'm sitting here looking at my wife right here. What what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he was he was sensing Another version himself in another reality, having a completely different experience um, than what was happening right now, and the way in which you can everything's um, because I provide sixth sense consultations through my website as well for some people working with this. But the thing is, is that if you have the sixth sense and it's coming, it's going to be stronger and stronger. You can choose to tune in is either into the higher stuff or tune in into the lower stuff mm-hmm. people it's easier to tune into the lower stuff because you know we just naturally like animals um <laughs> go for the bad stuff just to survival know oh, that's things, bad Don't do right? it again yeah survival yeah it's survival we have to retrain ourselves to not go to our guttural survival and retrain ourselves to tune into the higher stuff Okay, so that's, that's where you have, like I said, growth spurt. You have to learn how to use your abilities constructively. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that some people that have this is since they are fifth dimensional awareness and becoming more, they can sense their past self. So in the case that you and I talked about in our past self where we were having our suicide mm-hmm. um, experience and going through it, if you sense yourself at that moment, you can send yourself assurance that you're going to get through this, it's okay. Sit on your hands, whatever. You can help yourself Mm. in that parallel moment because it all exists right now. So if you've ever been in an experience where you're sitting there um, in the bathroom, sitting on your hands, trying not to, like, hurt yourself because you're going through a very traumatic event and possibly suicidal at that moment, and you all of a sudden just feel the sense of calm and love, vibration come through your body, and maybe even hear, like, a voice, a reassuring voice saying, it's okay, you'll get through this. You're stronger uh-huh. than this. That might, that might be your fifth dimension of self in your near future, telling your parallel self in the past that you're going to get through. Oh, this. I
0: love that. Well, and, and actually my you story what was something. Yeah, and in, in the, uh, my first uh, uh, book, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, it was I'm sobbing myself to sleep, suicidal, uh, trying not to wake my then husband because I was just crying myself to sleep every night. And uh, amidst all that sobbing, quiet sobbing, I heard a voice and it was my voice, but it was like mm-hmm. an angelic type voice that said, you have a choice, you know, but it was very compassionate, not judgmental. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have a choice. What are you talking about? Right. And, but it kept persisting. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you do have a choice, but it was just very simple, very kind, very compassionate. And then I kind of thought, okay, well, if I have a choice, then what would I do? Right? And that kind of mm-hmm. sparked so that might might have been my future self talking to my former mm-hmm. self. Uh, yeah, it's your fifth
1: dimensional advice. self,
0: talking to your parallel past self, trying to get you mm-hmm. through that. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, what about these people on that, um, like there was, Oprah had some guy, I can't remember the name of the movie, but this guy literally woke up, and he wasn't particularly spiritual or anything like that, but he woke up suddenly the next day able to see ghosts, aliens, demons, like all sorts of stuff, freaked him out, they did a whole movie about him, I can't remember the name of the movie, so I think a lot of people. There's two 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 trains of thought. One is that uh, that's not fair. How come he has gift opening and I don't? And I've been working on the spiritual journey for a long time. And the other camp is sort of like, wait a second, he's not spiritual. So uh, how did this happen? You know. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I just had
1: um, I just had like I live here in Seattle by the water, and there's actually a a a vortex close to my house Mm -hmm. and a lot of the ufos i did a ufo um interview with a a ufo researcher um, preston bennett he wrote over 30 books on these so he's really an expert Mm -hmm. on it um but of the ufos they kind of glide and pop from different portal points on the earth okay yep and i had a client come in um, because she saw thirty UFOs, a fleet of them go through right above her her houses by the portal point, right above. And her neighbors mm. saw it as well.
0: Oh, really? So two
1: people sitting there counting, and they stopped after thirty. But not everybody is seeing it because not everybody's fifth dimensional. Wow. Oh. So um, you have to be a higher frequency in order to see it. You know. So if you're a lower frequency, and you're you know you're in your your 3D issues and stuff. You're not going to see the higher reality that's happening right now. So anyways, um so my client came in and she's she's a medium and she says, My angel sent me over to you because I need to know how to get to the next level. So I'm like, mm-hmm. why do you want to get to the next level? And she said, Because I keep seeing UFOs everywhere. And I'm like, Alright, let's see what's going on. And we we did the hypnosis and she has had she's a star seed. She's had other lifetimes as an alien being, and um, this is one of the few lifetimes that she's had as a human being. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that what I found over and over again with many of my hypnosis clients is um, they have, they are star seeds who've had lifetimes as other alien beings, and they send one of theirs to incarnate into so you have to incarnate into the human experience It's like the prime yep. directive you can't just yep. interact interfere source does not want you to interfere with the life plan that they have created for themselves as part of their creation of the dharma because there's a greater bigger picture going on so anyway so she comes in we do it she finds out oh i'm a star state. okay and one of the things that she has to do in order to raise her frequency, is to deal with her 3D human dramas, the same ones that all of us have, and she was avoiding that because she was thinking, of spiritual is just right. not spiritual, but you don't have to deal." But the thing is, is everything is spiritual. Everything yep. is spiritual, and the whole re- nature of reality is spiritual, and you're creating it from your consciousness. So, if you are holding on to unresolved issues with your mom, your dad, your brother, whatever, um it's still holding down your frequency. So if you address it and you learn from it and you forgive it and you let it go and you make amends of it, you not only feel better, but you lighten up your energy. And after, sh- after the session, I don't make any guarantees. I just ask people's questions, okay, and I facilitate whatever modality they mm-hmm. came in for for the quantum healing. After the session, she had Rike hands, and her hands were lighting up, she had reiki, reiki hands, Oh, okay. you know, like reiki. So yep. her hands and her arms were lighting up. And she's like, why is my hands and my arms lighting up? I'm like, well, you came in to see how you can level yourself up, right? So I guess Source gave you the ability to now have these healing hands. And then her third eye had um, a massive migraine, but only mm-hmm. on her third eye. Mm-hmm. Um, because so she was level- leveling herself up. And so, you know, I so said, just go home, put your hand under cold water or some ice, it'll cool off, it'll subside. But, you know, they didn't tell you everything. I told you enough. And as you're ready, you'll get more information and you'll level yourself up. But what a lot of people want is they want all their six senses right now, and it will literally <laughs> overload the circuit. You will literally overload yourself. Um, people get one or two six senses, and they need to learn to adjust to their growth spurt. Okay, and so yep. um, yep, yeah. So the I wrote my book. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You we're learning our growth spirit. We're learning with each other as we go through it. So she is learning how to, and she's a nurse, which is wonderful. So everybody's gonna get these healing hands all <laughs> over the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's wonderful. They're gonna get the healing hands. Um, she's incognito. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> but I've had clients come in. For the same thing, their star seed they never wanted to look at their 3D issues, but in these higher energies, it blew up in their face, and so now they're forced to deal with it. So they're like, I want to talk to source and see what the heck is going on with my life. Why? I thought it was over this stuff. And then it's mm-hmm. found out that, no, you have yet to resolve that energy. Once they resolved it, she left channeling. And so now mm-hmm. her challenge with her new sixth sense is to not channel in the middle of board meetings. Right. At work. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful. Like not having to on switch <laughs>
0: all the time. Yeah.
1: She, yeah. Also, she started channeling in the middle of this massive board meeting with directors. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Learn right, how right. to control that. Learn yes. how to control that. I had an. yes. And so, you know, if you're spiritual, you're going to raise your energy up doing different modalities, different things, whatever works for you. It's going to happen naturally, anyways, because Earth is you're part of Earth's energy body, and she's raising herself up, so Mm. everybody gets a boost. Um, But it's going to activate your six senses, and as you learn and grow with your new growth spurt, you're going to have to learn to live with it. So I had a client who came in; she's empath, um, and all of she's empath for her life. She thought it was just fun and funny. Then all of a sudden, with the new energies, now all of a sudden, she can't look at somebody's eyes without actually feeling all their pain and all their suffering as if it was her getting it. So now she can't look at people's eyes because it just hurts her too much. Mm -hmm. And then if she's in the middle of a major crowd of people, she feels everybody's issues. And most people are projecting their dramas because they they haven't learned to resolve the 3D issues. She's feeling everybody's issues as if they are herself. It's an overload. And so now oh, yeah. she lives almost to herself in her house and keeps away from people because she just doesn't she know how to deal with it. So the thing for her is to learn how to um, have boundaries, mm-hmm. set boundaries, and also learn to, um, to also not let it run, you know, on its own, not be on autopilot reading everything.
0: Right. So she needed (laughs) to learn to. So she needed to learn to.
1: um, Yeah. And actually, I had an interview on my podcast with a 5D energy healer. um, And you can find it. And he, this was his exact, when he came into his energy healing, this was the one thing he had, this was six months straight where he just. It was just overload, sensory overload. He couldn't be mm-hmm. in a crowd. He would feel everybody's yep. thing. Same thing. And he said it was, it was just horrible. It was horrible. He prayed every day, please take it away, take it away, take it away. But he had to learn to adapt to it. And so there's different techniques to learn to adapt to that sixth sense. So I preface with people. as we get. And some people think that some of these advanced studies in Buddhism are kind of like uh, a little bit far out until it happens to them. And then they couldn't find somebody fast enough to get some help.
0: <laughs>
1: well, they so, couldn't understand why this Karen, guy. Your work this, is
0: wonderful. Well, they couldn't. You know, they couldn't understand why this guy, who is like Mister, like 3D, would have that clairvoyance come up when he isn't on "quote unquote" the spiritual path, whereas they have wanted that degree. And I think I'm speaking for myself as well in the past is that spiritual envy, if you put, put it. So my husband, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you know, can see shadows. And one time we actually cleared a, a, an alternate life ghost of my dog because he was whimpering when he was sleeping at night. We didn't understand why, because we had all these, you know, I was doing healing, other people doing energy healing, but I could never catch any entities at all related to him until this Mm -hmm. one day where my husband just, was going to tell him to shut up you know by from whimpering he came out and he saw this black shadow a small black shadow leaving his kennel and he goes oh my god what was that right and of course he asked me what was that right and i said like, oh you know so i tested out and it was uh a, a ghost but not this timeline it was an alternate timeline of my dog's ghost and so the ghost would visit him at night and that's not when i would test him right like i would Test him whenever I was awake, right? And so after we cleared or healed his alternate self of whatever trauma that that they went through, then um, he stopped whimpering at night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah, so some people have that spirit envy, like, well, how come my husband can see it and I can't? And I've been on the well, spiritual journey for I, longer. Right. I
1: would say this: it's just, it just one is take it as a lesson, and instead of being envious, just be like part of their life plan for whatever reason it's part of the life plan and we don't know how it is going to say roll out but mm-hmm. for whatever reason it's part of the life plan and so it'll be like somebody like two people creating a business and one person has all the experience all the know-how and their business is not as successful as somebody who just kind of stumbled into a successful business and you're like why what are time, you right? <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's the same exact thing there's like business envy like success envy like why are you right, successful right. I'm the one that's doing all this work You know, um, it's part of their life plan. Everybody has had different lives where they have been extremely successful and they have been not so successful. And for whatever reason, your life is playing out the way your life is. And just focus, again, like I keep saying, just focus Mm -hmm. on making your experience the best experience that you can and let everybody else have their experience the way
0: that they can. Yeah, without judgment or you know
1: mm-hmm. because that's going to yeah. hold down your frequency how you see the world
0: right our perceptions and how we judge our what what is going on holds down our frequency yep mm-hmm. wow oh mm-hmm. gosh so back so, to basics yep back to basics Vaughn, this has been uh, an amazing interview i've had so much fun um yeah we just so have much. wisdom
1: teachings really so yeah you're welcome it I was yeah. fun for me too and um, you know, I want to I want to leave your audience of one last thing that I always get from the um, the higher self, the Oversoul, and everybody mm-hmm. consciousness source um, in my hypnosis sessions, and I was I put it into these couple words because it pretty much says the same thing. So what what Source wants everybody to know is that you've always been enough. Mm-hmm. Use the gifts and resources all around you to create a life you want to experience, a life full of joy and love. The spirit world will nudge you through synchronicity. You can do it.
0: Mm, That is so beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much, Vaughn. I want to make sure everyone has your website, com, and then you can get a copy of the book. Uh, There's a link here right on the website, or you can get it on Amazon Buddhist Mandalas, Explore Parallel Realities with Sacred Geometry. And uh, again, thank you, Vaughn, so much for your time with us. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in as well. Until next time, lots of love.